Well, good morning, everyone. If you would open up a Bible to Proverbs, the 12th chapter. Proverbs chapter 12 is where we're going to begin in just a moment. We're going to read one verse right there near the end of that chapter that will set up everything that we're going to talk about from the Word of God for uh, these next few minutes. As you're turning to Proverbs chapter 12 and getting ready for that, this is a, uh, a most unusual and unique first day of the week where the members of this congregation are uh, scattered and meeting in various places uh, all over today, but uh, with the benefit of, of technology, um, we are able to still be connected today uh, remotely, and for that I am uh, most certainly thankful for. I take great comfort in knowing that our fellowship in Christ, that it is not determined by geographical location or proximity, uh, but by the blood of Jesus that brings us into the family of God. And on this day, uh, the Lord's Day, we know that God is going to be worshipped. Let's read a little bit together in his book. I hope you got Proverbs chapter 12 ready. Let's read in verse 25. In Proverbs chapter 12 and in verse 25, the wise man says there, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. That verse, I think, really seems to well describe our world today, doesn't it? I think that probably describes the state of affairs for many people today. In fact, that verse may very well describe how you feel right now in the world today. Anxious and weighed down by that. There is just a heaviness that I sense in the world that many of us are carrying right now. In fact, some of us maybe have been carrying that heaviness for a while now. The heaviness of anxiety, the stress, the worry of day-to-day living. And let's be honest, it's something that affects everybody. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter how old you are or what your background is. I think all of us, to varying degrees, understand the the reality of anxiety. Imagine, Imagine that this backpack, imagine that this represents your life. And what you're going to do is you're going to fill it up with the various anxieties that that trouble you. And so what exactly, what kinds of things might we be talking about? Well, of course, it starts when you're pretty young, those anxieties begin. And so maybe as a kid, maybe you get anxious about things like, like what do other people think of you? That's a big anxiety. That causes a lot of distress for youngsters. So let's throw that in the bag. And the truth is, that concern of what other people think about us, it doesn't go away just because we're young and we get a little older. No, sometimes that continues on as we get older. And the anxieties continue on as we get older. We start to worry about grades, test scores, getting into college. And if I do get into college, am I going to be able to pay off all those college loans? So, hey, let's throw a big one in there for school and all the things that go along with school and education. Then, of course, there's the anxiety of of finding a job. Maybe you go to college or you go to vocational school and, hey, you're ready to hit the job market, but am I going to be able to find a job? And there's worry about that. Am I going to be able to provide for myself and be able to earn earn a living? So we need to throw that one in there. We'll put that in as a pair of socks. So we've got these anxieties continuing to flow. And of course, it doesn't stop there. There's concerns about providing for a family. Well, am I going to have a family? Am I going to be able to find somebody who would want to marry me? Does anybody even like me enough to want to marry me? To find a spouse? That seems like that's something I'd want to throw into the into the bag as well. If you get married, there's... 
Anxieties that come along there about having a good marriage. Is this going to be able to last? We worry about, we worry about kids. Man, when children are introduced into the picture, kids are just walking worry factories, aren't they? They're always toddling around, finding things for mom and dad to be anxious about. So we got to throw that into the bag as well. We worry about all kinds of things throughout life. We worry about our bills. We worry about our health. We worry about just the future in general. And of course, our media does not help with any of that at all. You turn on the news and the newsman says in just the most breathless voice possible, he says, well, the drought is over, but now there's a new concern. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Newsman. That's exactly what I needed. That's exactly what's going to be able to help me with all of my anxieties. And so we pack all of that into this bag and we push it in there and we jam it just full of so many things, all kinds of things. I've just talked about general things, but think about all the more specific things that weigh us down and fill our hearts and fill our minds. And we got, well, we got this thing and now we're going to put it on. And now there is the whew, the burden of trying to carry that thing around. Does that, does that look like that might be a little bit heavy? Of course it can be a little bit heavy. But we're carrying around a full pack of anxieties. And then, and then along comes a global pandemic. The worldwide spread of a new disease, the coronavirus. Well, that, of course, just creates a whole brand new bag of anxieties. It gets its own bag. We're going to get a a black bag. What in the world is COVID-19 going to do? For example, what is COVID-19 going to do to my... To my finances, I better throw that in there. I'm worried about that. I'm worried about about my job and the economy and the security that goes along with those sorts of things. I'm worried about my health and am I going to be able to afford my medicine and get my medicine? I got to throw that in there. I'm worried about about my children and about my loved ones and about other people in my family. Are they going to be able to make it through this? Are they going to get sick? We worry about we worry about food and other kinds of essential items. Are there going to be enough supplies of those at the store? And then, of course, there is the biggest concern that seems to be causing everybody the greatest anxiety these days. Is there going to be enough toilet paper? I need to shove the toilet paper in there. In fact, if I could have fit a whole roll, I would have thrown it all in there. And so we've now got this new big bag of anxieties and concerns. And we're now going to take that... And we're going to throw that on top of the already full load of anxieties that we're carrying around. And this now is going to become the picture of our lives. Does it look ridiculous? It ought to look ridiculous. We are in many ways the Proverbs 12.25 man. We are weighed down with anxiety on so many levels. Do you feel like that sometimes? Do you maybe feel like that right now? If my Facebook feed is any indication, I'm guessing right now that there is a strong sense of heaviness in our world caused by anxious hearts. But did you notice that that verse in Proverbs chapter 12, it doesn't end with where I read? Actually, the verse continues on. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25 continues to say... Proverbs 12.25, who, excuse me, Proverbs 12.25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Could you use a good word right now? 
Would you like a word that provides some relief for the anxiety, the weight of anxiety? Well, this morning I'm looking for some relief. In fact, I don't think I'm going to be able to preach with all of this on. So I'm going to go ahead and get some relief right now. And that's with the anticipation of the relief that we're going to be able to find in Jesus. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, let's actually just go ahead and be turning over to Matthew chapter six, because that is where we're going to be for the remainder of the lesson this morning. In Matthew chapter six, I'm not here to provide a good word from Josh McKibben and my brilliant ideas. No, I'm here to provide a good word from Jesus. And in Matthew 6, Jesus is going to address our anxieties and our worries just head on. Because right here in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is going to help us to unpack, to unload, to get shed of all of that obsessive worry and fretting that weighs us down. And many times, it ends up hindering our walk with God. And as He works along in this text... In an amazing and powerful way, Jesus is going to show us no fewer than seven realities that help us to be blessedly free from the weight of anxiety. Would you just read the passage with me? In Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Did you notice that three times Jesus says, Do not be anxious, verse 25. Do not be anxious, verse 31. Do not be anxious, verse 34. Apparently, Jesus thinks that we can be totally free from anxiety in this world. Now, as soon as I say that, I need to define what we're talking about. What exactly is anxiety? Well, if we were to just pull out a dictionary and get a dictionary definition, a dictionary definition would be a feeling of worry or nervousness or unease by either an imminent event or an uncertain outcome. And that carries some ideas that I think resonate with us. But then, if we were to go to the American Psychological Society, they define anxiety as an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure or even panic attacks. That then leads to a host of different anxiety disorders that are accompanied by symptoms like 
rapid heartbeat, chest pain, exhaustion, nausea, shortness of breath, insomnia, hair loss, etc., etc. And so you look at all of that and it can get to be, well, it can get to be causing a little bit of anxiety trying to just define anxiety. And the reason it's important for us to define what we're talking about is because we need to be careful not to read our American 21st century definition of anxiety into the biblical use of that word. For example, somebody maybe has a a clinical type of anxiety. Maybe someone has a medical condition and they've got some of those symptoms that I just mentioned. And maybe then when they read these verses and these commands of Jesus where He says, do not be anxious, they might begin to wonder, well, is Jesus saying that my medical condition is a sin? When in reality, that's not what Jesus is talking about at all. And then maybe to make things even a little bit more complicated is the fact that there are other places in the Bible where the term anxious or anxiety is used and actually it's referred to as a good thing. I'm thinking of Paul in Philippians chapter 2 and in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul talks about his anxiety for his brethren, the anxiety for the churches that he cared about so much. That's anxiety in a, in a positive sense. And so what does Jesus mean when he says, do not be anxious? Well, the word for anxiety comes from a compound word, two Greek words, the first one meaning divide and the other one meaning mind. Put them together, it's the idea of the divided mind. Divided mind. Anxiety is when our mind gets divided and it gets focused on other things instead of being fully focused where it needs to be. In fact, let me see if I can kind of pack together maybe a more biblical definition for us of what Jesus is talking about. Anxiety is carrying concerns in this world in such a way that we lose perspective on life and or lack trust in God. Again, it's not wrong to have concerns. Paul had concerns for his brethren and for those churches. It is right to have concerns for other people. It's even right in some cases to have concerns for ourselves. But the problem comes when those concerns, we carry those concerns in such a way that we just lose perspective. We lose focus. Our mind is divided and it ends up affecting our level of trust in God. And this is exactly what I believe Jesus is wanting us to be free from. And you and I need to understand that that right there, it is exactly the kind of anxiety that right now in our world we are being strongly tempted with. You don't think the devil is looking at the paranoia and the panic that's going on in our world right now and he's wanting to just jump on that, pounce on that, use that to cause people to be distracted in their focus on the Lord? You know good and well the devil wants to do that. So what exactly does Jesus show us here in Matthew chapter 6 that can help us to get relief from that weight of anxiety in the heart? Well, let me share with you those seven things. The very first thing that Jesus does is He affirms to us that your life, it is about more than anything that this world has to offer. Notice in verse 25 again, Jesus says, Do not be anxious about what you will eat. Don't be anxious about what you'll drink. Don't be anxious about what you will put on or what you will wear. Just think about those three things. Food, drink, Clothing. Those are pretty essential items, aren't they? Those are pretty basic elements, basic needs, right? 
If you're going to worry about anything, it seems like those would kind of be near the top of the list. Food and drink and clothing. Those are not frivolous things. That's not like worrying about, you know, my car. What kind of car you drive. That's not worrying about things like how many Instagram followers or Facebook friends I have. No, Jesus is saying, don't be anxious about water and food and your clothes. Like basic needs. So, so why not worry about them? Look at the end of that verse. The end of verse 25, Jesus says that your life, it is more than food. Your life is more than clothing. Life is about so much more than eating food or putting on clothes. And we realize that, and I think we nod our heads and recognize, yeah, okay, that's exactly right. But when we come to realize that, we come to realize as well that really, really we could plug anything in that verse. Anything that we think of in this physical, material world, we could plug that in there. Think again of some of those concerns that I rattled off at the beginning of the lesson. That life is about so much more than what others think of you, young people. Life is about so much more than what school or college you get into. Life is about so much more than what kind of a job you have. Life is about so much more about how much money you have. Life is about so much more than whether you get married or whether you have kids or whether you don't. Or maybe even to just speak even more directly to the issue at hand, to the pandemic in our world. Your life is about a whole lot more than what happens in our government. Your life is about a whole lot more than what happens to the economy. Your life is about a whole lot more than what happens in sports, or really in this case, what's not happening in sports. Your life is even about a whole lot more than your job, and even, dare I say it, your health. Somebody says then, well, well, what is life about? Well, that's the very next verse, verse 26. Look again at verse 26. Jesus says there, He says, consider and look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? The reason that life can never be about the things of this material world is because of this second reality, and that is that your life, your life is about trusting the God who loves you and eternally values you. Jesus says, look at the birds. Who knew that the antidote to worry and anxiety was bird watching? But that's what Jesus is advocating here. Jesus says the way that you can have peace of mind even in the middle of a pandemic is to pay attention to those birds outside. Have you ever in your life seen a bird with gray feathers in his plume because he's all wrought up and concerned about about what other birds think of him? Have you ever seen a bird get all worried and they start kind of, you know, fretting with their... Their wings like this and ringing their wings. Ringing their wings. I guess that's a new thing. Ringing their wings like... Have you ever, I've never seen that before. Have you ever seen a bird frantically scrolling through the news website, CNN, Fox News, pick your, pick your poison there, because they got to find out what's coming next? Of course not. There's no such thing as a worried bird. And that's because birds recognize that they're going to be provided for by their Creator. Now, Jesus says, if birds can get that, if birds can understand that, then you can too. If God's willing to take care of even the common birds of the air, 
What do you think He will do for you, Christian? Because you indeed, as a human being, you are of much greater value than a bird. You are God's prized creation. You are created in His image. You are eternally valuable. And I know that to be true because of what basic fundamental passages teach us, like John 3.16. The fact that God sent His only begotten Son, gave His only begotten Son, so that we might have the forgiveness of our sins, so that we might be reconciled to Him, so that we might go and live with Him in eternity in heaven. That's how much God loves and cherishes you. Jesus, in fact, furthers that illustration by talking about the the flowers, the grass of the field. He goes on to say, down in verse 30, He says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Think about flowers. Jesus says flowers, they last for a day. And yet God clothes them with amazing beauty. And the contrast here is, is those flowers, they only last for just a little bit. But you, you're going to last forever. Your soul, that's going to last forever. God has literally moved heaven and earth so that you, someone who is made in His likeness, so that you can one day be clothed in immortality. And so Jesus wants to know, why are you all anxious about things that in comparison are of much lesser significance? Your job, your 401k, and yes, I'll say it again, even your health. When are we going to start trusting the Lord and in His care? Now let me be very clear about that, because I don't want anybody to get any kind of misunderstandings here. When we talk about trusting God, that does not mean that we're just going to kind of lay back and relax and do nothing, because hey, God's got this. God's got this and I just don't have to worry about nothing. And that does not mean as well when it comes to our health. There's lots of concern about our health right now. That does not mean that in a pandemic what we're going to do is we're just going to be nonchalant and we're going to be reckless and we're going to just ignore all the safeguards and all the precautions that have been put into place because, hey, God's going to take care of me. I don't have to worry about that. No, no. Listen, those birds, those birds don't just sit around all day twiddling their wings waiting for God to just plunk down bird seed from the sky. No, those birds have to actually get up and do some stuff. They have to go. They have to do. They have to get involved in getting and gathering that food. And in much the same way, God's provisions and God's care for you and I, oftentimes those blessings, they come through They come through our own efforts. We work. We earn money. Maybe those blessings come through others. Maybe those come through some other kind of channel of blessing in our life. But make no mistake about it, However it is that those things make it into our lives, at the end of the day, it all still adds up to God's special care. And when I learn to trust the Lord, that He is going to provide, and He's going to take care, when I learn to do that unequivocally, I'm going to slowly but surely stop being anxious about the kinds of things that God has well under control. In fact, let me just say right now to Christians, Christian... No matter how bad this pandemic may get, you are not going to go hungry. I know that. In Psalm 27 and in verse 35, excuse me, Psalm 37, verse 25, the psalmist says, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. God values you and I, his children, too much 
not to look out for us. And we need to trust Him. We need to trust Him even more. Which leads to this third reality that Matthew 6 presents for us. And that is that anxiety, just plainly spoken, it's just extremely unhelpful. It just doesn't do any good. It is pointless. That's the point Jesus is making there. Look at verse 27 again. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Worry doesn't accomplish that. Worry doesn't make things better. It actually makes things worse. It complicates things. It is completely counterproductive. You know, life is challenging enough as it is, right? Why in the world would you weigh yourself down with all these additional worries on top of all of that? Jesus says you need to avoid the anxiety bug because it's just a fruitless and pointless endeavor. And furthermore, reality number four, anxiety, that's the way of unbelievers. Would you look at verse 31? I find this to be kind of the most pointed verses in the text. In verse 31, Jesus says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles... The Gentiles seek after all of these things. Jesus says that worrying, this kind of obsessive anxiety, He says that's what the world does. That's what He means when He talks about the Gentiles. That's not what God's people do. People who do not know the Lord, people who do not care about the Lord, people who do not try to serve the Lord, people who are not worshiping the Lord, those people, of course, they're going to have worries. They're going to have anxieties of every single kind. In fact, if you're listening right now and you are outside of Christ and you do not know God as your heavenly Father, then you probably have a lot of reasons to worry and to be anxious and rightfully so. I'll tell you, I honestly don't see how people cope with the difficulties of this life, much less a global pandemic when they don't even know the Lord. What do people even do? But for the rest of us, For you, brother, sister, Christian, someone who does know God, someone who does have a relationship with the Lord where you know Him as Father and He knows you as as His son or as His daughter, this is not for you. Anxiety is not for you. Anxiety is for unbelievers. It is for people who dwell and live in unbelief, disbelief. You are better than that. You've been brought into a covenant relationship with the creator of this universe. And because of that, that's reality number five, because of that, your God, your heavenly Father, He knows everything that you need. Would you look at verse 32 again? Verse 32, the Gentiles seek after all these things. Notice now, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. God knows every single thing that every single one of us needs. In fact, He knows that better than we know it. Can I say that again? God knows your needs better than you know your needs. God is not sitting up in heaven wondering and thinking to Himself, Man, I wonder what He needs. Boy, I tell you what, I'd really like to help her. I just wish I knew what she needed. No! God's in heaven and He says, I know exactly what she needs. I know exactly what that guy needs. In fact, God knows exactly when you need it. And that's why Jesus goes on to say in verse 33, that most famous verse in the text, you seek first the kingdom 
That is, you make God and you make His righteousness the central focus of your life. You make that the number one priority in your life. And I'll then see to it that all these other things, food and drink and clothing and the necessities of this life, the stuff you need, those things will be added unto you. And furthermore, not only does God know what you need, but reality number six, your heavenly Father, He will supply all that you need. And that's a wonderful promise. Look at verse 33 again. He promises us everything that we need. He is the one, of course, who possesses everything. We're not talking here about Amazon.com. You know, most of us probably thought that Amazon.com had everything. But then we got on Amazon.com and we tried to order a box of Clorox wipes. And come to find out, they don't have any. They're all out of Clorox wipes. The pandemic has wiped them out of Clorox wipes, wiped them out of hand sanitizer. Now, now there's nothing there. The supply line is empty. But that's the difference with God. Because the supply line with God is never empty. In fact, it's always full. You don't ever have to worry about your Heavenly Father running out of strength whenever you are weak. You don't ever have to worry about your Heavenly Father running out of courage whenever you are afraid. You don't ever have to worry about the Heavenly Father being short on hope when you are hurting. And furthermore, our God, He will not run out of life even when you are dying. Every single moment for all of eternity, your Heavenly Father will supply all that you need. Maybe not everything that you want. I know right now that there's lots of things, lots of comforts and lots of conveniences that that we really, really want. We've had to do without those things now for several days, and maybe that might continue on for a little while longer. We really want those things back. God never promised that He would get us what we want, but God does grant us what exactly we need. Which brings us now to this seventh and final reality for finding relief from the heavy weight of anxiety, and that is that God offers, in fact, God guarantees, He guarantees you mercy today for today's troubles, And furthermore, He provides mercy tomorrow for tomorrow's troubles. Look at verse 34 again. This is the linchpin of the whole sermon. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This, this is so vital. This is so important. we got to get locked in on this one right here. Because who here amongst us, who here, who here out there anywhere, who knows what the news is going to say tomorrow? I don't. I don't think any of us knows. Who knows what the situation in our world is going to look like the next day or the next day or the next day? None of us does. Of course, it is that great unknown that really causes us much of our anxieties. We're already weighed down with all of those troubles of today. And now we're thinking about tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, ten years from now. And so we start piling all of tomorrow's troubles on top of that heavy weight of today. In fact, we start thinking about a tomorrow that may not even come at all. But here's the key. The mercies that God supplies, the mercies that God gives us today... They are not designed to carry the burdens of tomorrow. God's mercies today are for today. And they are for the troubles of today. 
And when tomorrow comes, if tomorrow comes, then new mercies will be there for tomorrow's troubles. In Lamentations chapter 3 and verses 22 and 23, the prophet says there, the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. When I realize that, that begins to change my perspective. As many of you know, Tiffany, she is seven months pregnant. And on numerous occasions over the last several months, she's asked the question and she said, I can't believe we're fixing to, we're fixing to have another child. Can we handle a second child? And my answer is, nope. Not today we can't. Today we only have one child. And God has only given us enough mercy to deal with that one child today. That's what we've got right now. But when number two gets here, I am banking on the fact that that extra mercy is coming. And why? Because that is God's guarantee to us. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what it holds in my life. I don't know what it holds in your life. I don't know what it holds in the life of this world. But I do know that tomorrow's mercies from God, they will be sufficient for tomorrow's trouble. Which means that you and I need not worry for one second about what tomorrow holds. If there even is a tomorrow, we'll deal with that when it comes. Jesus says instead... You live for today. You serve me today. You do what's right today in this moment because the Lord has given you all of the tools. He's given you all of the supplies. He's giving everything that you need to be able to cast off that weight of anxiety so that you can live right, right now. The wise man indeed said, a good word can remedy the weight of anxiety in a man's heart. Jesus has given us that word in Matthew chapter 6. I don't know about you, but I've had enough of Satan pouncing and using the anxieties of this life to get in and choke, strangle the word in our hearts, and it causes us to lose focus and to lose perspective. I realize that I am in this world, which means that I, I need to eat, and I need to drink, and I need to put clothes on my body, And I need to try to stay healthy so that I can provide for myself and for my family. But you know what? I will not obsess about those things. I will not live on like an unbeliever, living like a Gentile, living like a pagan, carrying around the insurmountable anxieties of this world. And that really is the good news in all of this. I don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. It's a choice. You get To choose. That's what Jesus says when He says, Do not be anxious. The Lord provides for us an alternative. And it is an alternative that produces joy and contentment and peace, even in the middle of very troublesome times. When you choose to lay those heavy burdens down at the feet of Jesus and to then take up the yoke that He offers, it leads to rest for your soul. Would you pray with me, please? Our dear gracious God, we humble ourselves before you, acknowledging you as our creator, as our provider, as our sustainer, thanking you so much for the mercies that you shower upon us each new day. And we praise you for the kindness and the love that you've shown to us. 
Father, we, we come to You confessing that we are anxious about many things in our world right now. And as others around us are gripped by fear, by the spread of a, of a deadly virus and all of the consequences that come with that, Father, we are praying that You would help to calm our hearts and to reassure us through the power of Your Word. Father, we ask forgiveness for when we have allowed our trust in You to diminish and to wane. And we pray that You would build us up and that You would help us to, to place our confidence and to place our hope fully and solely in You. Father, we're so thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for the words that He spoke in Matthew chapter 6. We're thankful for the way that it challenges us and the way that it instructs us. Father, we're also thankful for the perfect example that our Lord set for us as He was here upon this earth, as He always looked to You, not just in the bad times, but in the good times as well. Help us, Father, to walk more closely in His footsteps. We want so very much to be with You in eternity, to be around Your throne, and to be with Your Son and with the saints and the angels and the Spirit. We want to live with You forever, Father. Pray that You would help us to that end. It is in the precious name of Your Holy Son, Jesus, that we pray. And Amen.